Hi everyone, welcome back to the Coach Your Podcast. Before we get started this week's episode, just want to signpost you towards a couple of things. First one, on Saturday 24th of June, we'll be participating in the first Coach Help Charity Walk. This will take place in the Peak District. There's a great opportunity for coaches and practitioners to come along and share ideas and reflections on the season while we make money for a great cause, the Parkinson's disease research. Second part, feel free to get in touch to find out more about how our um, reflection and mentoring service works. We can help plan your uh, own personal development and help manage reflections and provide support and feedback. On to this week's episode. Yeah, definitely. My, I mean, my first year, I think I got that, um, was it Scholar of the Year for Burnley? Yeah, I remember that. And so I, I'm sure, I'm, yeah, I'm sure a lot of it, you know, was my um, my academics off the field. And I was always aware of that. You know, that was always one thing was that everyone, you know, saying, oh, Tristan's a great scholar, you know, he's great for the programme. And him in the back of my head, like, I, you want it to be about the way you're valued as a footballer. And in the back of my head, I always knew that a massive piece of that was the academics. And it was always kind of hard to separate them. It's like, am I, am I being praised and stuff or valued here for my footballing contribution which is what I wanted which is ultimately what you want because that's that's the building you're going into every day and that's kind of what Tristan's exceptional at whereas I wanted to kind of be exceptional at football. Tristan thanks for joining us on the Coach Help podcast uh, really good to have you on obviously we've known each other um, quite a while now um, again I'll let you speak yeah. in terms of where the link comes from, kind of what you've been up to, what you're doing now, mate. Yeah, sure. So, cheers for having us on, Lewis. No worries, um, mate. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I've, you lost a joke, man, with me. I don't even know when the first time was. The first, the first was it like under 30? Something, something like that. Back at, back at Burnley. Back at Burnley, yeah. So, yeah, about that time, 2013. And, I mean, you were just finishing up with your... Uh, with your own kind of career and fate, transitioning into coaching there at Burnley, wasn't it? And then, uh, and then yeah, so we had that time at Burnley um, a few years and then I, I went on and had my um, my scholar there at Burnley. But then, yeah, we've, we've kept in touch since and uh, local north northwest kind of uh, knowing you and all that. So, yeah, but it's been a while. Yeah, so like... Again, just to give a bit of context, right? So I I work with Tristan. Um, I was a coach. Tristan, obviously, a player in the academy system. Um, I'm just going to look in probably this episode around the transition from football to education. Um, what it's like being a yeah. a student athlete, if that's what you call it, in in America. But then yeah. also kind of like just taking yeah. like the take home stuff from what coaches have, have kind of give you. And I know, like I said, we're, we're close. There's been some good bits there, but I, I can imagine there's some good yeah. stuff from from some other people. But just from your point of view, because I know you weren't so much a, a kid at six years old who signed for a club yeah. and was like the next big thing. What what was it like for you right, right. At, them, at them ages? Yeah. Yeah, so I think I've had a bit of a, like an atypical path. Yeah, just that, not that I wasn't like, uh, like you say, like the next big thing and stuff. No, I did my, I did my bit, and you know, I think I had a successful time in the academies and, and stuff like that. But um, I was always kind of having on the back burners this kind of the the academic side of it and the and the education side of it. And I think that had been instilled in me, you know, through my parents definitely. Um, but just kind of mentally, I always found that it helped because I, I really found it like that. Um, the pressure environment, you know that. Um, 
the way that kind of the academies, the, we kind of like not funneling players into like one kind of old, but I like the idea of, of being versatile and, you know, having something as a plan B and stuff. And, you know, we, everyone preaches it and stuff. And you obviously, obviously coaches and, you know, when you get your education, um, education guys in later and stuff like that. But it was always kind of really important to me independently before it was kind of made a big deal that I wanted to do um, other stuff on the side. So, yeah, I think I wasn't doing my day release until, what, maybe under 15, so like year nine and 10 and things like that. And um, I was I was making sure I was keeping up with my education and stuff like that. And then it kind of just... Um, Kind of, as, it, as it was getting more serious with, with Burnley stuff, decided to take my scholar up. Um, but at the same time, I was wanting to do my education and things like that. So, as you know, I ended up taking my uh, A-levels um, instead of going down that B-Tech route that, that guys typically go. And I know that at Salford, that was something that they'd... Um, I'd heard that with the 18s, that they were um, mandating kind of the, the, the guys doing A-levels, which I thought was pretty interesting. Is that right, wasn't it? Yeah, the, initi- the initial programme was, was looking at that and then it kind of, I think, long-term, it got caught up in the whole, like, you've got to do what yeah. the HLP say and it's it kind of went down that route. But, like, going back to your stuff, again, I know yeah, your parents were kind of um, probably instilled this in you in terms of education and stuff like that, yeah. obviously, plan B. Yeah. What, what were them discussions like? probably like early high school where I can imagine you just all you wanted to be was a footballer so before yeah, yeah, yeah. talking kind of scholar conversation when it was like probably more year seven and eight and football was exciting and stuff did you have them yeah. them tough fallouts with parents where it was like I just want to do football or was parents a little bit more stricter on it that kind of stuff yeah 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 to be honest I think I mean I think I was blessed it was never like uh, like a one of the other thing with them um, and I think that was credit to me and that I reassured him that he was never going to be that much of a clash and obviously like you know I'm not arguing like obviously it's, it, it had a big impact on my education with the time commitment and everything like that but I was always still successful enough that it kind of never became an issue we never got kind of got to that boiling point where it's like right you've got to really start thinking about this I think that that still came later but definitely at that age I mean I was just thinking still like I just wanted to play footy as much as I could you know and that and with that, that was my priority, and I was thankful enough that my parents were fine to. I mean, I mean, it was a massive commitment from them. I mean, just time wise, I was I wasn't that close to Burnley. Obviously, having to travel, travel down and up, um, wherever it was, two three times a week, and with my brother Ollie there as well, they were going for goalie practice and stuff. So they was having to do extra nights. They was alternating, and so that was taking time out of you know my time to do homework or whatever. But um, same with my brother, I think. I think both of us kind of didn't make it. Um, didn't make it come to that kind of kind of come to that head where it became an issue. And um, I can't always say it was the same for like other lads in my team and stuff like that. I just think it's it's always have some something I've had innately and um, within me and just like by default, I just couldn't see it really going any other way. I was just going to succeed in both. And um, yeah, so yeah, it, it never kind of became that issue. Go on. Because going off, again, just going off track from it as well, or just to give more context, like, there's so education, there's obviously football, but you're also very kind of outdoorsy as well. So it wasn't as if it yeah, was just yeah, yeah, football yeah. and education, you're always doing other stuff, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, I remember one instance, because um, I was doing other sports as well, and I was doing like cross country at school and things like that, and running, and we played, uh, we, were, uh, we played Liverpool on the Sunday and the Saturday, 
uh, I, I'd done a cross country and I, I don't know if I'd won it or come second or something or whatever. And um, we played this, we played Liverpool the day after and I, I ended up, I think I got the, I got the winning pen and Dwight scored actually, it was 2-1. Dwight yeah. scored the first one and then I got the pen for 2-1 and we beat Liverpool 2-1 and it came after the game and I was knackered. And I'd run myself into the ground and the coaches I think had got wind or the players were bantering me, you know, like about the cross country and they got wind. And I think it was Mark Edwards, if you remember at the time. Yeah. He was he was a great guy. But yeah, I just remember him, you know, it was kind of a bit of a slap on the wrist, you know, about doing other things. But that was always me. Like I wanted to, I didn't want to be kind of funneled down this thing. It, it, it wasn't like my be all and end all, which I think, I think was healthy, but you know, you can see from both sides because for a lot of lads, I think it is. And that makes them, you know, even more driven because it's almost like it's that or nothing. But at the same time, like, I struggle to kind of get get behind that because I just think you've got so much more to to give than than being an academy player, you know. Um, and that's tough for like maybe coaches to hear as well because that's their job is to you know make these academy players. No, it's, but it's really at the same time, I've, it's interesting because yeah. the, like you can go down the like the tiredness route. Like, did you get tired from it? Or was yeah. it almost like a release for you? What would you say? I think I think it was a release. I think like it's a tough one because, like I said, I, just, I, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like I think I could have just gone and done my academy and stuff, and like ignorance is bliss. I wouldn't have known what it was like the other way. But for me, that it, it was a bit of an outlet, and it was just um, maybe like like having just maybe maybe not fully confident in maybe becoming a pro footballer. I think there was definitely an element of confidence and not wanting to kind of put all my eggs in one basket because I wasn't maybe 100% sure. I never had that massive faith in myself that I was, you know, I was going to do it. Um, so maybe an element of like caution as well. Um, how did that yeah. faith, how did that faith maybe like change slightly when, if I remember rightly, you were one of the first lads in that age group to get offered yeah. a scholarship. So did anything change yeah, at that so, point? It, it did, but then it kind of coincided with like education getting a bit more serious in terms of like that current decision with A levels or B tech and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I do remember like I, I was getting told like the earliest, and I, I mean, I was over the moon, and and it, it was through. I mean, it was because I was at Burnley, and it was through that that hard work that I put on the pitch. It kind of carried over from my my other extracurriculars and the person as I was as a whole that like, carried on onto the pitch into like kilometers and distance covered and, and work ethic and stuff like that and so that kind of helped it that kind of you know played into my success on the pitch as well just being just being the uh the kind of character I was but yeah in terms of the faith I think it did because it made me realize that you know it's valued that that work ethic you know even though if it's maybe not exclusively kind of concentrated on the pitch and um, definitely at Burnley it was recognized up until that point, it was recognised, you know, and, and valued maybe over some of the things that I was, you know, lacking as a player, maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it was definitely that. Yeah, go on. No, sorry. Like, and then going back to that kind of education piece we chatted about at the start, how did them conversations yeah. change around? You've been off the scholar, typically yeah. you go on to the BTEC programme. How did you approach that right. con conversation around, well, I want to do A-levels, this isn't my... My be all end all is football. How did that look? Yeah. So I was I was very fortunate that we had um, Pat McKinnon as the head of education, and he was it was coming for me a little bit, but I mean he was more the one that planted the seed about 
because I mean, I'll be honest, like I was still just thinking, you know, about logistically football is going to be the priority. Like if I'm going to move for this and everything, like I've got to make sure that's going to work. But then he added this piece in that, you know, I want you to do the A-levels and he really pushed for that, to be fair. And then I kind of met him halfway with that um, and ended up doing uh, maths and uh, and chemistry. And it, and it was difficult because then I was, my schedule was slightly different. I was only able to have that day and a half. So obviously the lads spent that full day um, doing their BTEC and I would be in on that day, but would be, I'd obviously be doing my own thing in the building. And then I'd go in for an extra like morning. Um, so I'd basically do a day and a half a week. And uh, and after the two years, I got I got two A's in the end with my math and chemistry. And, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a mega amount of work and um, I'm glad I did it. it I mean, in, it, you know, even if we're looking long-term, I know we're looking at the, in the past there, but it's helped me now with, you know, like transferring credits to my degree here in America. And it's meant that I've graduated earlier than I would have. And, and just the experience that it gave me, I, I mean, it's not to, to diss the, the sports B-Tech, but um, it wasn't what I was interested in as much. You know, I feel like I was just doing football, football, football. And um, I didn't really, I didn't really feel that was healthy kind of channeling my, funneling my, all my, my time into just one thing. Um, yeah. Even like if my education piece of it was football based, you know, as well. Obviously, it's like sports based, but um, yeah, and just wanting to do something else, you know. How did that impact on um, probably the more social side and like your well being? Yeah. So, in the two years you were doing it, and obviously, I can imagine it's really intense in yeah. comparison yeah. to the B Tech. What was there any tough moments yeah. you kind of went through with it? Yeah, yeah, that that in yeah, there was some some pretty tough moments in hindsight. That that was um I don't think I underestimated it, but just not maybe the education piece of it, but just the whole starting everything at once, starting my scholar, moving, um, leaving home, you know, everything, and then education doing like the A levels, it all I definitely kind of burned out after my first year. I had um I had like a quite tough, quite a tough spell and um, it, it definitely kind of caught up with me in the end and it was always this thing you know in the locker room and in the in changing room in the um, same locker room so American changing room <laughs> in the um, yeah I'll stop myself and then uh, and just like coaches and staff you know it was it was like a bit of banter you know like you know Tristan's the academic you know coming in with his you know his smart glasses on and stuff like that or whatever and uh, um, it didn't I didn't feel like ostracised but it did it did kind of make me feel um, my um, maybe my goals kind of were a little bit different to some of the other lads, and that kind of did separate me slightly, you know, not like like physically or anything like that, but just in the, there was something in the back of everyone's head. It's like, well, you know, Tristan's got this other thing going on. Maybe he's not fully committed to to the footy, and that did kind of that bugged me a little bit, and it did come up in like little conversations where I thought where I was kind of maybe um, not looked down upon, but it, it it was, yeah, it was kind of frowned upon to to kind of be committing so much time to something else because I could have just, the easy route was, you know, to take the BTEC and then give all my time to, um, you know, training. And if I wanted, if I wanted to, I could stay after or, um, and I ended up cramming all that extra stuff in despite doing the A-levels and it did kind of just burn me out. You know, I'd be the first one in to go in and uh, training and do my extra bits and stuff. But all I'd do when I go back to my digs is do homework all night and I'd be, you know, shattered. And 
and it it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. No, I can imagine. And there's a there's a piece in there in there around. I think there's more research going on around now where it's probably looked upon a little bit better now to kind of do your own thing. Whereas in the past, it's yeah. probably a bit more like, because I again probably I don't want to make it about me, but I remember my mum trying to get me to go down the A-level route when I was a scholar and I had no interest in it, doing yeah. it. Like I just wanted to yeah. do the same. Cause again, straight away, I just thought about missing sessions that the lads would be in. Um, yeah. And again, it's still probably yeah. took a different route academically into more of a coaching thing, but, Again, like in hindsight, you look back and go, Do you know, we, we might have had a little bit of a different route career wise and something else you could do uh, mm-hmm. if you'd done something. Um, yeah, we're going back to the, so again, with all that stuff on top, Tristan, like what was what did football yeah. look like to you? So, in terms of your day in, day out, of like training with the youth team and the yeah. teams, like what, how, how was your performances looking? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it indifferent? Where were yeah, so, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a bit of, it was a bit of an interesting first year. So, and it was a bit abnormal in the sense that I ended up playing more for the 23s in the end than the 18s. Um, at the time, it was, um, I had Michael Michael Duff as the head coach and then John Townsend as the assistant. And it was Michael Jolly with the 23s. And um, I had a few lads that were playing ahead of me in my position Um as a first year scholar, um, and they, you know, the old, the second years were playing ahead of me in those positions, and I didn't get much playing time, um, to to start with in that first year, and then I kind of found my feet a bit, and then um, I don't even know how I ended up starting with the twenty threes. I think, I mean, I was just clocking some good minutes when I was getting my chance, um, some good, um, some good distances when I was getting my chance, and it was Burnley, so that sort of stuff was getting noticed, and uh, I ended up getting a few chances with the twenty threes, and. I ended up starting ahead of the lads um, that were starting ahead of me for the 18s um, with with Matt Jolly. So um, that was, um, I was, I mean, I was over the moon with that and I don't think I appreciated it at the time, but I mean, I was, I mean, I was doing, I was, I think I was doing pretty well. And um, that kind of changed in my, in my second year um, for one reason or another. Um, but yeah, definitely. My, I mean, my first year, I think I got that. Um, was it Scholar of the Year for Burnley? Yeah, I remember. That. And so I, I'm sure. I'm yeah. I'm sure a lot of it, you know, was my um, my academics off the field, and I was always aware of that. You know, that was always one thing. It was that everyone, you know, saying, "Oh, Tristan's a great scholar." You know, it's great for the program. And in the back of my head, like, I, you want it to be about the way you're valued as a footballer. And in the back of my head, I always knew that a massive piece of that was the academics, and it was always kind of hard to separate them. It's like, am I am I being praised and stuff or valued here for my footballing contribution which is what I wanted which is ultimately what you want because that's that's the building you're going into every day and the academic part of it for myself wasn't wasn't that big a thing it's something that I just didn't got on with but for everyone else it was like um, you know that's kind of what Tristan's exceptional at whereas I wanted to kind of be exceptional at football and um, yeah. or perceived as that way and you know I was a good player I mean I wasn't anything I, don't, I won't say I was a fantastic player but I mean, I did. I did the job that I needed, and um, you know, I applied all the the ways that I wanted to improve, you know, academically and better myself as a as a as a character and everything. I, you know, I, I applied that onto the field, um, onto the pitch. But um, yeah, definitely, my first year kind of ended up panning out uh, more successful than my second year. Um, 
Although just, my second year, I mean, just stick to that. Sorry, just stick on. to that first year for. There's, and this is a, again, it's another thing that I think clubs and stuff are trying to look at and, and get right. But so you're yeah. not starting for the 18th. Right. And you're getting picked for the 23s. Yeah. But you're getting picked for the 23s. Yeah. Again, in the changing rooms, around staff to parents. Yeah. Be really honest, as honest as you want about it. But how does that kind of look? Because <laughs> do players want a system yeah. where they go, well, if I'm better than that player, I'm playing. If I'm worse than that player, I'm, I'm there. They want to know where they are. Or does that probably cause more issues for you in terms of, well, I can't get in this 18 squad. Like, yeah. But I can get in the twenty three yeah. squad. How does that look to you and yeah. to, to others? Because yeah, some lads in the changes might be looking at you going, "Hold on a second, how, how does this work?" Yeah, oh no, for sure. I mean, I think, and that's where like the, the politics of the footy comes in. And obviously, it was it was different coaches. So Michael Duff was the coach of the eighteen, and then Matt Jolly was the um, the head coach or the the coach of the twenty threes, and it was the same players. Um, in the 18s, starting ahead of me, that I was starting ahead of for the 23. So those second years, you know, that were um, that were playing ahead of me, and um, yeah, getting picked over them for like, you know, obviously everyone wants to play for the 23s. So, I mean, that's the, you know, that's the highest. You, well, the first team is the highest you can go at that age, but um, everyone wants to be playing at that in that team and and yeah. getting those starts. And um, I think where the the kind of clash came was that. Like I've said, it was this stigma around my, my education and stuff and knowing that I was kind of, a, I mean, I was, I was a model player in the sense of my work rate and my ethic and stuff like that. And and I get the feeling a lot of the time that people thought I was playing just because I ran, you know, and that kind of got to me um, a lot of the time. And that's that's been like blunt, blunt and yeah. honest. Um, you know, I was clocking in some some big distances and it's not like, I mean, I could kick a ball and stuff like that. And I, you know, I, I definitely improved my ability and stuff. And I definitely added the dimension that, you know, technically wise or, you know, as a, as an actual player that, um, that I, I, I think that a lot of the players there weren't offering, you know, I think my, my running in behind and my movement and, um, was, I think definitely up there, if not better than, you know, some of the lads on that team, that, that was my thing. Um, but, yeah, playing playing over the lads that I was starting that were starting ahead of me for the 18s, it definitely put a target on my back for sure, and it did kind of play on my mind that um, it you know it was this like oh just Tristan you know Tristan just runs himself to the ground you know I mean I was even getting you know the bit taken at me I was working too hard you know I was coming in first and I'll just go home Tristan and things like that and and it, and, and I was fine with that you know I kind of relished it I kind of liked it but. Um, it was almost like, um, I mean, I'm, I think we'll talk about later. Oh, I want to bring it up later, but I think at the time, and I'm, I'm assuming it's probably the same now. There's this very like, um, like baller mentality in like academies, and it's, it's all about the the players that I'm respected the most. You know, the ones you know, the best band or the the lads, lads kind of thing. But they're also the ones that are like, you know, makes in plays on the pitch. So like. It's the wingers got like the you know the fast star FIFA move skills kind of thing, yeah. and that just was not me. And I really kind of struggled with um, kind of finding fitting in 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 a team where I was you know it was a prem academy and the expectation was or what all I saw around me was wingers that were um, you know I was a winger and 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 wingers around me who were kind of pushing those boundaries of like, you know, 1v1 attacking and, and that was their game kind of thing. And that was just, that was just never me. And 
I did kind of struggle to kind of fit in with that. And then that kind of translated in, into the into the changing room thing where well Tristan's here because he runs, you know. And it did it did kind of play on my mind because you want to be that guy that people think, oh, he's a class play, you know. And I did have my I think I did have my fans in that sense. And I mean, I'm talking a lot about kind of external views and people, what people think of me. Obviously, as a player, I was happy with how I was as a player and um, I knew what I needed to do to give myself the best chance of getting a pro. Um, and I think I did it. I, You know, I'm, I'm happy that I gave my my best version of myself and, and pushed it as far as, as, far as, I, as I could have gone, you know. Um, but yeah, that kind of um, stigma around how I was as a player kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe it's good times. It's it's interesting, and again, do you think? Again, it all goes around perception, doesn't it? Because again, one person only has to say something, right. and then it kind of oh yeah, it echoes around the the offices, around the changing rooms. Like yeah, again, from from a young age, thirty fourteen, you always people always commented on your on your fitness, but then yeah. I would I would argue working with you that. You did a hell of a lot of work on other parts of your game. Like you're always one that wanted yeah. to do extras on, and it was never anything around like running. It was receiving the ball or yeah, crossing yeah. or whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think over the two years or well over the time you're at Burnley, them things did improve in your game yeah. and you got to a good level? Yeah, massively. I mean, yeah. absolutely massively. So, I mean, total what I was there because I was at Burnley eight, under eight to under ten, and yeah. got released under ten. And I, even that, that had always played in my mind as in like, well, I've already failed here before. But then I obviously went back to Burnley at 13 and then had my five years there up until not getting a pro. Um, and especially over that second five-year period, I mean, I came on leaps and bounds. Um, I remember Mark, it was Mark Edwards actually said as well. I remember he'd made one comment and I felt class. He was like, he hadn't seen someone make um, improvements like that since uh, he'd coached Danny Simpson, the, the old Leicester right back at... Um, at United and I don't know why it's just always stuck with me because like it's always that funny thing like it at, like Sunday clubs and everything it's like no one wants to get like most improved player you know the one like yeah. the award it's like because uh, they would crap at the start that's that's the only reason they're getting it but no I mean I, I definitely came on a lot as a player and um, I mean by the end it, I, I tried to kind of get my 1v1 attacking up and I, I had good feet um, it was just that kind of that um, burst of pace that I just I never kind of was able to get away from people, but in in tight tight areas I was technically good, and just the amount of like extras he said as I did, you know, doing longies and you know one touch out of the air and stuff like that. I was I, and I, I've always been um, technically good, but he was kind of applying yeah. that into this kind of like baller image on the pitch. I was just kind of a technically sound player, um, but yeah, definitely came on leaps and bounds. My finishing improved. Um, my crossing, I think, was the big thing, and that was one thing that was hammered home, especially JT, John Townsend, and and Michael, um, and Michael Duff, Duffo doing the um, with him being a right back. He gave me some great advice on on crossing and things like that. I still think too, up until like last fall, I was playing. You're like aiming for the keeper, and it naturally kind of coming back, you know, bending towards you. Just little things, and um, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I came on in leaps and bounds. I mean, just just simple fact of going full time footy for the two years over your scholar, you know, you just the amount of touches that you're getting in, um, yeah. definitely improved yeah. and um, and improved in confidence, especially. That was that was one thing that was, I mean, I would I won't say it's one thing for me because I mean I, I think everyone's a confidence player, you know, but um, just getting that 
that praise and those kind of votes of faith, like playing up for the 23s and stuff. I mean, some of my best games I had, I was playing for the 23s. I remember I was playing against pros, playing down, and I was like, like maybe I've got something here, you know. Um, and then, yeah, my, my second year, I scored. I was, I think, I, I was like, I was into double figures from right mid, um, and I had a really good scoring season. And it was, it was all the same. I'd kind of perfected my movement in behinds, my finishing. Um, I think, I, I, you know, I maximised my skills. Um, I had, I had, I definitely had natural talent because um, you don't get that far without natural talent. Um, but um, I really do think I kind of pushed my. I was pushing the limits of, of how good a player I was going to be. And, you know, it wasn't enough in the end, but I'm happy that I'd, I'd given it my all, to be honest. Yeah. Where where did that second year take you then? So, if you were to like map yeah. it out from pre-season to obviously the time you left, yeah. what did it look like? Yeah, it, it was a bit of a weird one. Um, I, uh, I started, well, like, I'd, I, so I started playing with the 23s at the end of that first year got the scholar of the year and then my, my success has kind of carried it through to um to my second year. So I started that second year going away with the 23s. And I just remember I had uh I, I basically I'd been taken to well I think I'd been taken to to play some minutes in the uh, first game of the long trip so that um Dwight could play the the minutes for the second one. Yeah. Um and then I ended up getting ill and he, he had to play the minutes that I was um I ended up having to come off early and he ended up having to play both games, anything. And I'd kind of felt like a second choice already, but then that kind of, I just, I just had a, a, a I had a decent enough game, but um, I, uh, I'd gotten ill and I just kind of felt like a bit of a letdown and stuff. Like my role in the team at that time was kind of to, to play in that game and help like the group as a whole out. And then we'd had some sessions and I just, I was not feeling it in the sessions. I was low on confidence and I started to feel like I didn't quite belong and, it was the same thing with the 23s. I was around those players that I've been playing over. A lot of them had got pros and were then stayed had stayed on. Um, pros or third years and were staying on. And um, I'd played ahead of them. In, and a lot of the guys on the team, I feel like, you know, it was still that. You know, Tristan's the workhorse and I've got to be careful because they might just end up playing him over me because he wins so much. Um, but yeah, so that carried on. Um through I kind of carried um stayed around the, the 23s for a little bit um kind of and then it started to kind of be born on off on and off and I think actually I don't think I I didn't make an appearance at all for the 23s in that second year. So I went from I think I had a run of maybe starting seven or eight games um and playing, you know, I think I was playing up to 90 minutes full games. I mean I was really I was really having a good go at it and then I didn't play a single minute for the 23s in my second year, funnily enough. Um, Obviously, Michael Duff had then gone up to be the head coach then, um, and Mike Jolly had left. So um, there was a change of manager as well. Um, but yeah, the rest of my second year, kind of just um, spent it with the 18s. But I had a really successful year. It was my best scoring year. Scored a lot of goals from from right mid, and I remember just really kind of relishing being the older lad and being the second year and kind of um, having more responsibility. I, I mean, we had a really good group. My my kind of year group that was going through, and so yeah. a lot of the lads that were my age were they, they were playing up with the twenty threes or first team, you know. And so, kind of the lads, the ones of us that stayed at our level, that stayed at our eighteens, there wasn't that many of us. The kind of it was left on us to be the older guys, and we had a really good year. And um, I, I personally think I did did pretty well as well. But then, um, I mean, ultimately, when it came 
to like the turn of the year, then you know everyone starts thinking, you know, it's it's coming up, you know, what's going to happen with decisions, and uh, and they decided to tell me early. I think it was the start of February. I got told, you know, a good few weeks, months earlier than everyone else, and they gave me the reasoning that you know I had other things that I could uh, that I could be getting on with, so they wanted to to uh, to let me know early, and um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest, I wasn't really happy about how it all went down, the way that it was done, I think it was pretty poor. Um, but that's for another day. Um, but um, yeah, in a sense, I do respect getting told early. I mean, I got I got straight on the phone with um, with the America opportunity and got things um, in place, got the cogs moving with that. And I think within the next five weeks, five weeks later, like middle of March, I'd signed to, uh, with the college to come out here and uh, and got that sorted. And the rest of my time, there, I'd been told that um, I shouldn't expect to play any more games as an as a as a second year there because I wasn't going to be there, and and I ended up playing some of the best games of my uh, of my time there and getting loads of minutes and I was a, I think I was a pretty integral part of the team so I kind of um, flipped the script on that one a bit as well but um yeah it was a very weird end and um, yeah it's interesting because I don't think there's many like good endings to it. And again, I know. No, of course not. I know, I know. I know clubs get not just the club you're at, but I know clubs get kind of dragged through like the mud for like stuff. But I think again, it's a real yeah hard thing for clubs to deliver. Again, I've I've been on both ends now. Of course. Like, oh yeah, as a, as it's a the coach, worst, when, yeah. when you when you deliver that news, but then also I'm still I'm still a big believer we've still not got it right in terms of not so much the. The sit down chat because I never I never think there's a good way of doing it anyway. I think it's the yeah the process leading up to it in terms like you said there. You were liked by yeah. a certain manager in the twenty threes a year before, yeah. and then that person's not there anymore. So how how do we almost like continue the work that's going on? Because again, mm. I personally had something similar in my in my time at the club where I feel from ten to sixteen. I couldn't do anything wrong. And from 16 to 18, I couldn't do anything right. Yeah, you've had similar staff who probably thought the flip side of you. So it's it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, it's something in the role I'm in now, I'm trying to like, how do we make this better so that it's, yes, there's got to be yeah. opinion, opinions involved in it and the process, but then, yeah. like, I've been in rooms where we've sat down for half an hour and, basically voted on players. But I've also yeah. been in rooms who've tried to do it really well where they've tried to have a bit more of a process and evidence based and again it's 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 really interesting. It's really interesting. So Yeah. I've all uh, you know, I've always I've always wanted to be the fly on the wall in them conversations, you know. Yeah. You know we'll have a chat with it about it now, but it's like, I mean Obviously, I mean, you know, you've been a player, but I mean, the amount of overthinking and fretting you do as a lad is just, it's incredible. And that's one of the things that I was having to have things besides it. But all the conversation was, you know, in the build-up leading up with my, with my dad in the car, you know, and everyone, every lad was having the same conversation with the parents in the car. It's like, well, who do you think is going to get it? And God, it must be decision time. I mean, you know, in months in advance. And oh, thank God I got told my scholar early because, I, I mean, I got told in what October, I mean, November, September, October. Yeah. yeah, I was very early and, and that completely put my mind at rest and I just felt bad for the lads around me because, you know, I've you know, i I've got them as, as teammates and stuff and, and I could see it 
eating him up, eating him away, eating away at him. And it was the same when it came to pros, and it was almost a blessing. I got told no earlier as well because. I could kind of see a lot of the lads losing hope, even, and they still hadn't been told that it was a no. And it was just, it's just crushing, man. You know, there's nothing quite like it being trained, you know, for your whole life to do that, and then because it is, you know, it is. You, you you'd go in. Some lads have different commutes and that, but if you're doing two, three nights a week and you're playing the games on the weekend, and it becomes your identity, you go back to school and play at, at lunchtime, and you're the lad who plays for Burnley, you know, and it's like. And then all of a sudden you're not, and it, it's. I mean, I've seen it. You know, have some really scary, scary consequences for some people. You know, when they, they when they lose that identity, it's um, it's really upsetting to see sometimes. So I think that was as well why it was so important to have other things. You know, to um, yeah, I'm not kind of diversify my identity and my character. Yeah, yeah. Again, you've always you've always done that well. Like, how did you kind of refocus between? Birmingham and going out to America so was it I'm going out to America to be a pro footballer or was it my kind of goal yeah. to change slightly yeah honestly at that time in my life I was a, a bit of a like a crossroads where I wasn't really happy and I'd had that I'd struggled with that second year and I'd had a whole year of giving my all and to then have it not be enough was just you know was like you know getting hit by a train I mean it was just Mentally, it was it was completely debilitating, and I went through a really rough patch where I was just just a bit indifferent about a lot of things. And I'll be honest, I mean, the whole America thing was kind of just to kind of kick me out of that, um, kick me out of that groove. You know, I just wanted a, a change. And the scariest part about it, obviously, for a lot of lads, is moving, um, moving from home. But I'd done the whole digs thing, and um, I'd I'd kind of kind of gotten used to being away from my parents and things like that. So that, that wasn't as much of an issue for me. And and then the alternatives were, okay, what do I do? Do I trial around, you know, get back in touch with coaches I've played for before and go and get trials and stuff. And um it just it just didn't feel like me. You know, I've always I've always relished um I've always um uh, excelled in environments where I've been respected for myself as a as a player in, in terms of the the work rate I put in for the team. And I'm on the I'm on the pitch because I want to work hard for the lad next to me. And going around as a trialist, it just it wasn't appealing to me. I wanted to be in uh, you know, I feel like that's where like the baller kind of shows up, you know, the, the the lad who can pull it out the bag, that's where they're going to be most successful in those, you know, short term temporary um trials you get a game or two. And um not that I didn't fancy my chances, but it just it really didn't appeal to me. And again, then there was a thing with the education. If I do then go and trial and maybe get a pro at, you know, a League One or League Two club, what does that look like for my my academics? And and to be quite honest, I saw the way that that in-between stage, I mean, that, I'm sure that's something that you've had as well, with that in-between stage between you on your, those rolling year pros, you're not making the first team quite, but you're in and around it and you're in that 23s trying to catch a game here and there and, I've I've seen it completely crush people, you know, like guys who I thought were completely fine, and you hear the horror stories of what really is going on in the red, and you know the things that they've that they've done, and um, not I could see myself kind of becoming someone like that because I felt like mentally that had always been a struggle for me, kind of. Um, but I wanted to make, to be honest, that that academics had always been my grounding factor, and I wanted to be in an environment, to be honest, where I knew I could have that, where I could have that to fall back on, and America was that option because I could do my school, 
and I could do my footy at the same time, and you know, guaranteed. So, yeah, that's kind of where it kind of came out, came out of um, the Burnley thing. Um, yeah, were you? Yeah, when when you end up in America, were you straight in the team, or did you have to work to get in the team a little bit? And then obviously, how did that marry up alongside academics? And what did you study anyway? Yeah, so I did a four-year degree in um, uh, geosciences, so it's like environmental sciences, kind of similar to geography. So yeah, because that was the other thing. I mean, I'd I'd always had these other interests, and I liked, you know, I'll admit, I liked like nature and the environment and the planet and and stuff like that. And you know, that was so <laughs> not a topic of conversation in the changing room, and that was always you know. Where you know, did, where mean, did it, you find it, them it conversations just... then? Sorry, like so again, like yeah, I, I can imagine you sat on. next to Dwight. Dwight in the change rooms, he's not going to chat to you about that, but um, he's not chatting at all now, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, who who did you again? I know your parents might have an interest, I know your dad obviously, yeah, really good. But was there, did you have friends outside of football who you linked up with about that stuff or yeah. anyone else? Yeah, it at the time I was just doing education for the sake of it, like, I hadn't really formed that passion, but. For anything kind of uh, distinct from football, it was always I had Pat, sorry Pat Pat McKeon yeah. and then and then Jack, and I I always just loved having that um, that education officer as like a neutral role in the club because they didn't they didn't you know give a crap about what you were doing on well they did on the pitch and stuff like that, but I just loved how they were, um you know so so apart from the football side of it. And they were there solely for you as a person, because I think so often in the academy it just gets the 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 player as a character kind of gets lost because you're the bee's knees when you're doing well and everything like that. Um, but when it's not when you're not doing so well, you know, because everyone has their dips and stuff, you know, you're almost devalued in the academy. I think, I mean, I think you are. I think it's not like too strong a statement to say it's it it completely changes the way that football related coaches kind of react to you and treat you you know it's like all of a sudden well they've got to put an arm around your shoulder or something to try and pick you up whereas I think the education officers would have that steady kind of influence and that steady presence where I always knew that I could go to them and I knew that if I put my work if I put the effort in my work I'd get you know good results and everything like it was more of like a linear relationship whereas you could be giving you all in the footy and you're not getting the results that you want and it can then be hard to have those relationships with your coaches because you know, you know that the um, the outcome from the football is success on the pitch, you know, but the outcome from education was just, you know, bettering yourself as a person, you know, all things that I felt kind of more in control of. Um, and so those conversations, you know, about what I wanted to do away from football, uh, definitely at home, like you said, but um, it was with the, you know, the education guys and my Dick's, my Dick's parents, my Dick's hosts were, were just fantastic. And, um, yeah, I made it a point not to bring up those sorts of things. You know, just you just get rinsed if you talk about stuff like that in the in the change room. And I was fine with that because I didn't want it to cross over. You know, I was fine with having them separate. You know, I liked going to I liked going to college and and having that time to to better myself. And you know, if things weren't going well that week, I knew I could always on the Wednesday I'd go in school, I'd do my work, I'd. I'd finished the day, you know, better off than I did at the start because I'd have done some homework that I needed to do or there was always going to be that progress there where, and, and it was in my control, you know, it was something that, whereas, you know, training can be sometimes up in the air, you can just be having a really bad one 
and you know you, how you know, players overthinking it just plays on your mind plays on your mind and you feel like it it just dictates your day it dictates your mood whereas I knew that with with the school and stuff I knew that I was building you know my future and I was I was kind of I would always succeed when I went to school kind of thing and that was that was big for me to be able to to know that I was going to do that that's interesting did you ever approach these topics with your coach or did they ever approach you about them uh it depends which coaches you was so JT John Townsend I think did a lot and uh and I think JT's a great guy and I think I think it I think he was similar with me in that he'd come from a more like academic background yeah. like he wasn't like, you know, a lot of these coaches, they're ex-pros and they've got that in immediate respect kind of thing. Um, and I feel like I just I just related to JT more in the sense that, not that I'd worked hard and, and obviously he's a, he's a great coach and his football knowledge isn't, it's not that it's lacking because he hasn't um, had the career that some of the coaches around him had had. But I felt like that I related to him more because my my understanding of football and things like that were... and. Um, and my performance on the field were coming more from like a, like a cultivated, like cultured, um, way. I had to describe it. I'd I'd had to work for for the position that I'd gone into a bit more, um, and I think he could kind of relate on that level. And I knew, I know that he always respected that academic side of me. And whereas with the other coaches, it was like they almost couldn't relate. Not that they were like stupid or something, but I mean yeah. the other lads, you know, they they'd got to, you know, they'd got to their they'd got to their position. On, on Mary and because they did it's right you're right though because like I'm again I'm 33 now I've coached ever since I got released by Burnley at 18 yeah and I'm conscious now of like what are your other interests outside of sport football sometimes because again yeah. my, my switch off is go and play golf which is something right. that footballers do footballers go and play golf together, right okay or... yeah watch other sports or you're right, you almost get caught in this kind of um, bubble, whatever you want to call it. And again, I'm, yeah, I'm happy yeah, with yeah. that, but there right. is that little bit sometimes where you're like, can, can you go and commit to something else? Because like you said, you, you almost like channel yourself in terms of your conversations and, and what you can have with yeah. people. Um, and I feel like yeah. again, the coach helps stuff. This has helped me massively, but then also right, like, started to look at coaching in a slightly different way in terms of is it just the technical tactical stuff that I really enjoy or is, or is it actually like you said the psychology yeah. chatting to players working with people yeah. when you start yeah. to be a head coach or an academy manager or them kind of roles you actually start looking at it slightly differently and going well it's not just how well do I put the corns out today it's yeah. like I've got to get <laughs> my S&C to have a relationship with my physio to make sure that player yeah, rehab properly, but yeah. is that a football thing? Probably not. That's more of a managing people yeah. and and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, no, you got me thinking. Like it's really interesting around when you look at people's backgrounds, like the the typical ex pro, like what are the yeah not not the worried um not the like um, what's the word um scared by you or almost like don't want to tackle them conversations it, um, yeah but again you also had them things going on in your head all the time yeah yeah no I, I, I kind of see where you're coming from it's almost like 
it's right. It's not that they're scared of you, but it's almost like they don't know how to kind of be yeah. with you because they're then, so like you said, like you to, said, you'll get that. With... You'll get that banter. Is is Tristan? Exactly. Is Tristan the clever lad? And the banter yeah. will never. The banter will never go past that first statement. It's almost like they don't know the next yeah. bit so well. Right. Oh well, what are you doing at college? Like, yeah. can I take an interest? It's kind in of like that? a defense. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. A, I've just it's got a to say, me- I've just got a defense this. mechanism. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely, and and I did, and and that's why I did have different relationships with different coaches. Like with JT, I think he definitely respected that, and then Danny Cads was was more was the the ex pro. He was like, um, and I love Cads. I loved his energy and everything. And uh, but he was more the one. He would leave it at that. You know, he wouldn't go any further than that. Whereas like with JT or with um, like Adam Yates, the sports scientist, who was class, loved him. He's yeah. a great guy, and uh, and because they're coming from that academic side, almost they they're not in the, they're not in the position they are. Not that those play that those ex pros are coaches because of they've been an ex pro, you know. But it's 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 they've they've gone through a different journey definitely to get there. Whereas you know, Ads has got his degree and to be a sports scientist to work with me, you know, and he's working with me as much as a coach who. Um, who's got there a different way and I have a different relationship with the both of them. And I remember I, I'd, I'd gone and um, when I went and got my GCSEs, um, you know, all the lads get the morning off or whatever the first years. And and that's always a bit of banter, you know, when the lads come back with the results, like, oh, you know, how bad was it and stuff like that. And, and I came back and I'd got, you know, eight A stars and two A's and, and lads just like, you know, like, well, who's this guy? And and I went <laughs> and I told, um, I told, uh, I remember I went over and I told Mike, Mike, Mike uh, Duffo and Matt Jolly, and uh, and I got the vibe off Matt Jolly. It was something similar, you know. He was, he seems like he'd, he'd had more of like a, um, don't know how to put it, like a, uh, an academic approach to football, yeah, you know, yeah. more like yeah, practical and logistical, right? And 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 he kind of respected the brain kind of thing because that is so different a football brain to like. Um, an academic brain, you know, it's like they say street smarts is different to like book smarts, but you can be, you can, be, you know, you cannot do two plus two, but you can be the smartest player on the pitch. You know, there's yeah. like, there, there is no correlation yeah. between that. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's and, really and interesting. Think, like, I'm going to throw a name there, so jump in. I then flip it the other on. way and go, and I might be totally off the mark by it, but like a Mike Jolly, who again I got on. with really well, would he be able to? Yeah. Relate to or communicate with a George Green because that's where you yeah. go. The other it's, end, good like, it's a very good shout. Um, where like an ex pro might be able to because they've got almost that, like, call it Mavericky, but like think, they, they understand how yeah. George, George Green might think. Because imagine George Green's probably a total other end of the spectrum yeah. to you in terms of like education stuff. Not, <laughs> not, that, not that he wasn't bright because again, I don't know the. The guy well enough, but like he comes from a very yeah. like football mavericky type of person, wasn't he? Where you're very logical yeah. in your thinking. And again, I don't know if you had the experience yeah, yeah, working yeah. with him, but yeah, yeah, no, no, you you spot on. I, I would have probably given those two names as well. And yeah, yeah, I had a chance. I mean, George Green actually lived in my my room in Diggs before I moved in there. He was the he was the lad that um, that I kind of inherited the room off, and I played with him a few times. And yeah, my God, he was a player and. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I just remember him doing some things in training and it was just something to simple, like just to kind of contextualise like his football brains. I mean, he would dribble and dribble to one side, you know, as he is the, you know, that deeper line midfield and he's just going to roll it out to the centre-back and he would just, 
nib keep nibbling the 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 the, the opposition's banks of fours, like keep nibbling like he's gonna go. And then all of a sudden he knew the whole time he's gonna scratch it the other side, put it back onto his other foot and just zinged it. And the guy's got like acres of space because he's just he's just pulled, you know, and he knows the whole time that he's running in one direction. He's all, all he's gonna do is cut in and like yeah. you know that's not like football like brain smarts, isn't it? That that's just like this lad knows what he's doing on the pitch and and I think he's just spot on like and it's it's not even something I don't even know if it's something coaches can work on. Like it's a tough thing to say because I think it is just how you are, how you get in that position. You know, like you you kind of that bit of both almost because you've had that. Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of coaches are, but like I'd say a lot of coaches are also kind of more exclusively like one or the other kind yeah. of thing as well. And I think you know you you've got your your JTs, maybe your Matt Jollies who um have gone through that route and. But like you remember um Dick Bates, we had him coming a lot as well. And um he, he kind of sporadically doing sessions and I, I I thought he was great. I loved him to bits and uh and he, he always he really liked he really liked me and and he could see that it was again it was just this relationship where I think he appreciated the um I don't know, not the brains on the pitch, but because I think I feel like I was one that was book smart but I also think I was football smart I think that was one of the key things like I wasn't yeah. I'd, I'd do my I'd do my work before I got on the ball kind of thing I'd move the defender so that when I got the ball you know I was either behind him or I was in a better position you know I do think I I, I was one of those that kind of I had both um, but it's, it's definitely true I think that's a great point that like you said like just the way that coaches have, have kind of got to their position kind of it kind of moulds um, you know, it kind of dictates the players that they they just kind of seem to click with you. Can't like it's not like a tangible, but there's just something there. It's like yeah, like yeah, and he's I'd probably going like, to get the best out of this lad. Again, you probably you can't have eleven Tristans on the pitch, but you can't have eleven George Greens on the pitch. I think that's the the main crux of everything. Yeah. Probably from uh, this yeah. episode we're recording, mate. Yeah, yeah, I um, think so. But no, I really appreciate your time, Tristan, top man. Uh, really good to catch up and again yeah. quite a lot there it's got me thinking alright yeah cheers mate awesome you're a legend alright cheers Luis bye